Exclusionary Rule One way courts enforce the Fourth Amendment is through the use of the exclusionary rule. The rule provides that evidence obtained through a violation of the Fourth Amendment is generally not admissible by the prosecution during the defendant's criminal trial. The court stated in Elkins v. United States, 1960, that the rule's function is to deter, to compel respect for the constitutional guarantee in the only effectively available way, by removing the incentive to disregard it. The court adopted the exclusionary rule in Weeks v. United States, 1914, prior to which all evidence, no matter how seized, could be admitted in court. In Silverthorne Lumber Company v. United States, 1920, and Nardone v. United States, 1939, the court ruled that leads or other evidence resulting from illegally obtained evidence are also inadmissible in trials. Justice Felix Frankfurter described this secondary evidence in the Nardone decision as the fruit of the poisonous tree. The Supreme Court rejected incorporating the exclusionary rule by way of the 14th Amendment in Wolf v. Colorado, 1949, but Wolf was explicitly overruled in Matt v. Ohio, 1961, making the Fourth Amendment, including the exclusionary rule, applicable in state proceedings. The exclusionary rule and its effectiveness have often been controversial, particularly since its 1961 application to state proceedings. Critics charge that the rule hampers police investigation and can result in freeing guilty parties convicted on reliable evidence. Other critics say the rule has not been successful in deterring illegal police searches. Proponents argue that the number of criminal convictions overturned under the rule has been minimal and that no other effective mechanism exists to enforce the Fourth Amendment. In 1982, California passed a Victim's Bill of Rights containing a provision to repeal the exclusionary rule, though the bill could not affect federally mandated rights under the Fourth Amendment, it blocked the state courts from expanding these protections further. Limitations. Since 1974, the Supreme Court has repeatedly limited the exclusionary rule. In United States v. Calandra, 1974, the court ruled that grand juries may use illegally obtained evidence when questioning witnesses, because the damage to that institution from the unprecedented extension of the exclusionary rule outweighs the benefit of any possible incremental deterrent effect. Explaining the purpose of the rule, the court said the rule is a judicially created remedy designed to safeguard Fourth Amendment rights generally through its deterrent effect, rather than a personal constitutional right of the party aggrieved. Three cases in 1984 further restricted the exclusionary rule. In United States v. Leon, 1984, the court established the good-faith exception to the rule, ruling that evidence seized by officers reasonably relying on a warrant was still admissible, even though the warrant was later found to be defective, unless an officer dishonestly or recklessly prepared an affidavit to seek a warrant, the issuing magistrate abandoned his neutrality, or the warrant lacked sufficient particularity. The court determined in Nix v. Williams, 1984, that fruit-of-the-poisonous-tree evidence could still be introduced if a prosecutor could demonstrate that it would have been an inevitable discovery of legitimate investigation. In Segura v. United States, 1984, the court ruled that evidence illegally found without a search warrant is admissible if the evidence is later found and legally seized based on information independent of the illegal search. In Arizona v. Evans, 1995, and Herring v. United States, 2009, the court ruled that the exclusionary rule does not apply to evidence found due to negligence regarding a government database, as long as the arresting police officer relied on that database in good faith and the negligence was not pervasive. In Davis v. United States, 2011, the court ruled that the exclusionary rule does not apply to a Fourth Amendment violation resulting from a reasonable reliance on binding appellate precedent. In Utah v. Strieff, 2016, the court ruled that evidence obtained from an unlawful police stop would not be excluded from court when the link between the stop and the evidence's discovery was attenuated by the discovery of an outstanding warrant during the stop. 
the Supreme Court has also held the exclusionary rule to not apply in the following circumstances. Evidence illegally seized by a private actor, for example, not a governmental employee. Tax hearings. Evidence collected by the U.S. Customs agents. Deportation hearings. Evidence seized by probation or parole officers, and probation or parole revocation hearings. Metadata. On December 16, 2013, in Clayman v. Obama, a United States District Court ruled that the mass collection of metadata of Americans' telephone records by the National Security Agency probably violates the Fourth Amendment. The court granted a preliminary injunction, blocking the collection of phone data for two private plaintiffs and ordered the government to destroy any of their records that have been gathered. The court stayed the ruling pending a government appeal, recognizing the significant national security interests at stake in this case and the novelty of the constitutional issues. However, in ACLU v. Clapper, a United States District Court ruled that the U.S. government's global telephone data gathering system is needed to thwart potential terrorist attacks, and that it can work only if everyone's calls are included. The court also ruled that Congress legally set up the program and it does not violate anyone's constitutional rights. The court concluded that the telephone data being swept up by NSA did not belong to telephone users, but to the telephone companies. Also, the court held that when NSA obtains such data from the telephone companies, and then probes into it to find links between callers and potential terrorists, this further use of the data was not even a search under the Fourth Amendment, concluding that the controlling precedent in Smith v. Maryland, saying Smith's bedrock holding is that an individual has no legitimate expectation of privacy and in information provided to third parties. The American Civil Liberties Union declared on January 2, 2014, that it will appeal the ruling that NSA bulk phone record collection is legal. The government has a legitimate interest in tracking the associations of suspected terrorists, but tracking those associations does not require the government to subject every citizen to permanent surveillance, Deputy ACLU Legal Director Jamil Jaffer said in a statement. The text of this podcast is sourced from the Wikipedia Foundation under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The written text has been altered for voice presentation. To view the modified and original text versions visit thelegalpages.com. The content of this podcast is presented for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be legal or professional advice. The Wikipedia Foundation is not affiliated with this podcast.